Hey, welcome to the Keystone Experience. Rob Work and Matt Pitzer. Brought to you by Creek Archery. Find your passion and hunt it down. And Hillview Motors, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. Remember, Hillview has it in Greensburg, Pennsylvania. What's going on, everybody? Hey, Matt, it's it's archery season, and sometimes you make an unfortunate shot. And we got a guest on here tonight, along with his sidekick. They find these unfortunate shot deer. We got Michael Beck, and his dog's name is Dexter. What's going on, buddy? Hey, how are you guys? Oh, we're good. I think <laughs> not. Not super excited about the weather that's coming next week. Yeah. No, us neither. Uh, that's one thing that's really not good for a, a tracking dog is the heat that's coming. I would like I to. Wonder. I would like to think that most hunters, being that the season just started, will maybe give it a couple of day break. I don't think any of us really like it, sweating to death in the tree stand. No, I. I no, don't. it's definitely hard work for the dog. I don't see that happening because, you know, most most of the state isn't as fortunate as us guys in 2B where we get like eight weeks of archery season. You know, most of them only get four to six weeks. So they're, they're going to be out there hunting, guaranteed. So opening weekend, looking at Facebook, I've seen three, at least three tracks that you guys did. Yeah, starting so. on uh, Saturday. We had two on Saturday, and I ran one this morning. Prior to that, we ran one down in Maryland. We ran a couple down in Maryland. And then also one down in uh, WMU 2B. So we had three before the general season started. Now, three this weekend. Okay, so now... Before we kind of get into the details of how something like that happens, how did you get started with this? You know, what made you want to, you know, get a dog and and start tracking wounded deer? Well, I've always kind of kicked it around in the back of my head because I just love dogs. I love hunting and uh, I love training dogs, but I just never, never went for it. Uh, Back in November of 2021, I was pushed into it. I botched a shot on an absolute giant and uh, never recovered them. And uh, I had to figure out a way to make that right. And that's how Dexter became a uh, concept. And that's when I started researching all the stuff, the training, the breeds of dogs, and how to move forward from there. Now, what kind of dog is Dexter? He is a silver lab. Okay, so you went with one of the, the quote, oddball labs. <laughs> yep, one of the oddball labs. It kind of kind of just worked out. Of, a buddy of mine and his wife, they actually had a litter of puppies on the way. <laughs> and that's that's how I chose it. I chose the lab though, mostly because of just the companionship also. I'm also a single dad of a young child. 
and a Labrador Retriever was a no-brainer. Yeah, they're, they're great companions. I mean, that's besides beagles, that's the only two hunting dogs I've ever had was yellow labs and black labs. Right. Yeah, Dexter. Dexter's pretty special. I mean, we started training. Well, I didn't get him until, when was he born? He was born right around Christmas that year. And he came home here, what would it have been, February, towards the end of February of uh, 22. So he's, he's young. Oh yeah. He's 21 months old right now. And this is our second season. We started tracking deer last year when he was nine months old and started getting recoveries. Wow. That's, that's super impressive. Yeah. He, uh, he definitely took to, like I said, the, the training, you know, started out with the training, obviously first to, uh, be a good dog, you know, obedience training, recall you know just to be a he's a member of the family because if you think about it tracking deer tracking wild game you know bear elk whatever guys are out there doing that's maybe what two two and a half three months out of the year tops okay they're a family dog first though in my eyes you know now guys run their 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 hounds and stuff like that and they may never be in the house you know but that's where dexter is a little different than those he's a family dog first you know he's my couch potato first he's my little boy's best buddy first you know the, the tracking part for us comes second you know except for this time of year now it's all about the tracking now do you guys Strictly stick to Pennsylvania, Maryland, or do you, you know, you journey farther out? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't really travel all over because honestly, it gets so busy. This this weekend alone, yeah, I ran three calls, but I probably could have done a dozen if I had the time. Uh, There's numerous tractors across the state, you know, we're all like, Members of the uh, United Blood Trackers, and that's where you can get a hold of many of them. They have a website uh, where you can find a tracker and stuff like that. And and what we do is, you know, there's there's a group of us out here that work together, you know. And if I get a call and I can't do it, I, I bounce it to somebody else in that general area, you know. I'm me and Dexter were members of Blood Tracking Dogs LLC out of Maryland that's run by uh, A.J. Bartlinski and Darren Miner. And they've been two really great mentors for myself and Dexter through this with the training and, and getting us up and running, you know, when I'm sitting here pulling my hair out and uh, trying to figure out the next step in the training process last year. They, they were really great and stepped up and helped us out tremendously. So where do you even start? With something like that. Well, oh, hold on, real quick where, before we jump we in. Start? Real quick before we jump yeah. into this, that I, I just jumped on that unitedbloodtrackers.org, and I'm so glad you said that because I never knew something like that existed. I knew people did, you know, tracking deer with dogs, but I always wondered how you find somebody. So that I'm glad you brought that up because I literally just jumped on here. It is super simple to use. I put my zip code in and there are 
at least five that are close. One of them being you. Yes. So that is a good piece of information. I'm glad you said that because I, I bet you there's a lot of people that don't know how to go about finding somebody to come and look for their deer. And there's also some apps out there being developed. They're kind of in their infancy. Uh, they just started uh, being available within the last month. One is Tracker. I believe it's T R A K R. It's an app. I believe it was uh, Shane Simpson. I believe the guy developed that. And then there's a local guy up in uh, Beaver Falls. Pennsylvania. His app just started this weekend. Like Friday night was it's online. Uh, it is called the Fast Rack uh, Game Recovery, Fast Rack Whitetail Recovery, I believe. Yeah, that, uh, that was really the one I was trip. looking at this afternoon. I saw that one. Yeah, there, <laughs> there's another group out of West Virginia that are also getting on this, and their app. Supposedly was going to be released today. Now I haven't seen anything about that one throughout the day. Okay, Rob, back to your question. Now I'm done interrupting for a minute. <laughs> uh, I can't uh, even remember did, what I said. Did I interrupt the enough? <laughs> the training? Yeah, there you go. So where do you start? Yeah, where do you where start? Do you- where do you start with anything? It's the beginning. Uh, for me personally, now, now there's so many different training methods and, and theories and, and ways to do things. One is not better than the other. Some work better than others with your dog. The most important thing is you train the dog that's in front of you. Uh, my dog's going to respond differently to somebody else's tactics compared to mine. Yeah, it's, but where do you start? I started with obedience. I started with obedience. I started with recall. I started with steadiness. And uh, there I, I pretty much followed uh, a guy from Wisconsin. He's huge on YouTube, ha- has a uh, business called Dog Bone Hunter. His name is Jeremy Moore. He's out of Pulaski, Wisconsin. And uh, it really mirrors him a lot with the training. And they also, you know, they do a lot of gun dog stuff, bird dog stuff, upland game. And they also do tracking and antler finding and stuff like that, shed hunting. Uh, really awesome guy. We actually went up there May of, May of uh, 2022. Dexter was five months old. And we made a trip up there for a three-day long workshop with them. And that, that was a really good time. It was really beneficial to, to meet them and start doing things, you know, with them. What, after you get the obedience and stuff, like how do you start the process of working them onto, you know, animals and blood trails and stuff like that? There's different, there's different ways. I basically started teaching the, the hunt commands, the find it. I started seriously by throwing kibble out into the yard into the grass and sending Dexter to find it to get him to use his nose basically 
developing the command to use his nose, to utilize his nose and his senses. Now there's something good at the end of it. Uh, going into the deer, you can use uh, livers. You can use uh, deer livers or beef livers and start dragging them. You know, develop that desire, develop that drive, you know, that there's something good at the end. You know, there's a prize waiting for you. Uh, we first started out with drags. I started dragging hides from from a dog bone hunter from Jeremy Moore. He, he has hides and stuff like that, naturally tanned hides. And you basically wrap a bumper and you send it up a little bit and drag it off. You can do this at first visually. You know, to where the dog can see it going away, the puppy can see it going away, and you have them go find it. Uh, and then it goes to, to blind tracks. You know, now you're doing blind drags out there. You're taking it away from the dog. Now you're not doing anything crazy at first, obviously. 50, 60, 100 yards, you know. It's all incremental training. You know, you build off the last session. Then you work your way up to adding some blood. You start creating more distance. You start creating more uh, set times to where now you're not letting it sit out there two, three hours. Now you're pushing it six to eight hours. From six to eight hours, as long as he did good, now you're going to 10 to 12, then to where you're working him overnight, you know, 24 hours plus, uh, less scent. You switch over to some hooves. Like right now with Dexter's training where he's at, whenever I do run training lines, I have a pair of uh, hoof shoes. Uh, you clamp a real deer hoof in them, and you go out and lay a track. The deer, all deer have an interdigital gland that produces, you know, the, the interdigital wax and the scent that's in there. When the deer are wounded, they start excreting this. It starts giving off the pheromones and, and everything else that says that that's the wounded deer. That's how these dogs key in on that one particular deer. It's like a fingerprint. It's just like a, a canine being able to, to track down a criminal through a crowd of people. You're, you're giving off stressors. You know, you're, you're dropping hair. You're stressed out. You're giving off all the pheromones and stuff like that as you're running through. Same as a deer. Same as a wounded deer or a wounded animal. Okay. And then, I mean, we're kind of, we're kind of jumping through things fast yeah. here, but, uh, we mean you had talked earlier about, you know, the do's and don'ts, you know, now Dexter's ready. He's, you know, I mean, training is going to be a lifetime. I mean, I know with waterfowl yeah, dogs, I've had stops. them forever. It, it never stopped yeah, working never on them. Stops, you know? You got to keep him fresh and you got to keep him working. And honestly, if you don't, he's not going to be happy anyway. Right. Yeah. You know? Right. And that's when he'll tear into my blankets. <laughs> As but, we discussed before we went on. But then you, you know, now, now it's, it's that time of season and you, you get your phone call and then there's a series of questions that you ask these people and, you know. Oh, for like the actions. Yeah. That the hunters. Yeah. That we were wanting the hunters to do. Yeah. The biggest thing there is, is patience. Uh, and there's a lot of things prior to the shot 
that is out of our control. Uh, you can't control that animal moving. You can't control that animal flinching. You can't necessarily control the limb that you didn't see that your arrow deflects off of. You can't control that stuff. A lot of things happen out there. Right? Split second. You can go from thinking you have a good shot to, oh, no, I don't. The one thing you can control, though, is yourself after the shot. And that's what I really try to stress to everyone, that after that arrow flies, after that bolt leaves the crossbow, you're in control from everything from that point on, you know, on how fast you take up the track. Yeah. So, I mean, hopefully everybody that's listening kind of understands that, you know, people that said they've never made a bad shot, haven't been hunting long enough or just a liar. It happens. I'm going with the second one. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what irritates me. You got these, uh, you know, Facebook pages and stuff like that, you know, bunch of hunters on there and, you know, we're supposed to be out there helping one another and building each other up and, you see some of these posts sometimes on, you know, these pages, Hey, I need a tracking dog in this area. And in the first comments you see are, are people in there laughing at them and, and, you know, ridicule, being very disrespectful to them. And, and it's kind of disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. That's not what this is about. You yeah. know, you're, you're supposed to help one another. And, uh, kind of like an ambulance chaser when it's like that when i see them i I try to get in touch with the people even if i can't help them even if they're way out you know other side of the state i actually take the time out and try to get in touch with them to at least put them on the right path you know to get in in touch with a tracker out there you know out their way or whatever like that it's just real disgusting to see that you know to see them ridiculing somebody right now that doesn't feel too good about what happened and and we don't know what happened you know you're only speculating at that point yeah exactly you know for all the good that you know the social media stuff does with keeping people connected it is also one of the most evil places out there and in this time of year i try to actually stay off of it or at least the hunting pages um because I, i like you said it's always you know ridicule whether you know should have been practicing more i would never take that shot to you know shaming people because they shot a small buck well that one needed another mm-hmm. year yep or the local yeah. drunk answers your facebook thing and says practice <laughs> practice practice the, the know-it-all practice 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 cracking a can of beer and i never mind i'm done <laughs> <laughs> and it's honestly it's even in our little world as trackers, you know, you, you got the one uppers, the, you know, the ones that are <laughs> full of ego. And, uh, I'm going to stop there too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I thought I was doing the right thing because me and you know nothing about this, you know, as a podcast group. And I have, I figured this is something that we can touch on and, Maybe get help for a listener down the road. Yeah. Was think, not expecting some of the comments that we got and then some of the phone calls I got afterwards. 
Oh, I'm sure. We're just, it, you know, talk about big headed people. I mean, seriously, I mean, to me, I understand that there's, you know, you have to make money at this. You, gasoline's not free. But to put money above all when you're trying to help somebody is just, it just blows my mind that there's people that are that, yep. you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm just going to quit. And that's, you know, I, I try to keep everything reasonable. Uh, three United Blood Trackers also, we, uh, their certification levels. Uh, me and Dexter, we're not certified yet through them. And they have different levels, one, two, and three. They're, they're currently revamping the training. I don't know what that's going to entail just yet, but they're, they're making it, you know, a little different. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Oh, that's all right, buddy. You got heard that. (laughs) Hopefully it's nobody calling for a tracking job on a Sunday afternoon. No, (laughs) no, it could be Maryland. Oh, that's true. Down in Maryland. That's true. I'm hoping to actually get one so I can run it tomorrow morning. I'm off work. There you go. But uh, there's different levels of of certification. uh, The one, two, and three. And we plan on doing that. You know, some people like to see that piece of paper, you know, uh, I don't think the tracks that they lay are representative of what actually happens in the woods. But I think where the stress comes in after talking to many, many people who do it are the two judges following you and your dog. Uh, one reason why I haven't done it is because Dexter works too fast at times. Sometimes his age, being young, his paws are faster than his nose. But that's where I come in and reading him and knowing that he's off. You know, I want to get him slowed down just a little bit before we go up against something like that. And that will come with age. You know, that that will come over time to where he realizes, you know, slower is better. You know, it's like the story of the two bulls standing yep. up on the hillside. We know that story. Yep. I could tell it if you want. <laughs> you can tell it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, <I> won't. you know, <laughs> we, we all have labs or have had labs, and Dexter's age, he is just a ball of energy. Yeah, and, and uh, his work, his drive, his, his, he just wants to work. Uh it's insane. Yeah, I've never owned a working dog. I've had some working breeds, you know, over the years and stuff like that and trained them. I trained a couple of Rottweilers, you know, based on like some Schutzen training. That's the protection training and stuff like that. That was years ago. In my one male, actually, I, I, I felt bad having him as a pet because he should have been working. He, he should have been in law enforcement in some aspect. The dog was brilliant. He was a beast. And uh, I would look at him at times and just say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you're just a couch potato, man. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'd work with him and play with him and do all the fun stuff with him, bite work. And we actually did some tracking stuff back then even, you know, with him. But, uh, yeah, I probably should get back on track, huh? All right, you're, we're good, buddy. 
Well, you'll you'll notice we do. I think so far though we've this has been about the most streamlined we've been because normally I'm all over the place with shit when we're doing this. I think now maybe we should get into the what the do's and the wait times. That works. Well, for me. I was just gonna say, you know, you mentioned you know hunters after the shot are in control of what comes next. Yeah. What would What's you recommend it? as somebody who may? get a phone call later because i mean i know for me if i'm if i've made a questionable shot i go out as soon as i can you know and i go and i will wait hours upon hours before going back in right and that's the right thing to do and that's a lot of us in this world the tracking world that's we can't stress it enough you know on the right thing to do after the shot you know most of the time, just do nothing but watch and listen. You, you don't grab your phone. You don't call your buddy right away. You watch, you know, you watch your arrow. You watch the impact. You watch how the deer reacts to it. You watch how the deer runs off. Mentally taking notes on the places you last seen him. You know, listening. If he goes out of sight, listening for the crash, you know. But we can get in the wait times. And well, I know <laughs> real quick. I, I know one thing for me, even when I know I've made a good shot, if I don't see it go down, but I heard it, I'll wait until and have one of my buddies that I'm hunting with come over, you know, give it 30, 45 minutes. I'll have him come over and go stand at the last spot. I saw that deer because I don't think people sometimes realize yeah, you look like you know where he was until you get out of that 20-foot tree, and you're like, yep. wait a second, where, where was that deer at last? Yeah. So I, even for me, if I know I've made a good shot, but it didn't fall in sight, but I heard it crash, I'll wait 30, 45 minutes, have somebody else come over and point them in the direction of, hey, that's the last tree I saw that deer at. Then get right. down and go from there. Because everything's changing. Everything changes when you get to ground level. I've hunted a lot of swamps and stuff like that over the years. A lot of real, I hunt the gnarly stuff, you know, stuff where most guys aren't going into, you know, they're not going to first go that far. Second, they don't want to get wet. They don't want to have to kayak. They won't have to do the work, you know, to get way back into these places. And let me tell you that, you get up above that stuff and it's kind of like, it looks fairly open. Yeah. You get back to ground level. You can't see 10 yards in front of you. You know, it's super thick and nasty and it all changes once you get back down. Um, it's good maybe to do that. Like you're saying, but I'd definitely make sure they don't come in from the area that the deer ran to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, try sure to steer them, steer them clear of that area. <clears throat> but yeah, we how I kind of go with it too is view it as a crime scene. Once you get down, view it as a crime scene. Everything you touch, every place you walk, you're potentially destroying evidence, not only for yourself, but potentially the tracking dog that's coming in. Uh, the wait times, what we're kind of basing everything off of now, and this is through experience, you know, you, you'll see a lot of the charts out there that are made and you know, so many hours for this, so many hours for that. Right now, if you think you made a good shot and the sign says it, okay, you have a pass through, 
you know, you got some blood on your arrow. It looks like decent blood. It looks like chest cavity blood. Okay. What we're asking a lot of people to do now is to wait up to four hours, even for that shot. We have been running into some deer. We ran into one last year that was double lunged. I wanted to track it for a buddy. It was basically just a courtesy call. Hey, I, I smoked this buck. What are you guys doing? You want to bring Dexter out and run it? Probably didn't go far. Sure. We got there at about the two-hour mark, and it was the rut. I believe it was like November 5th, and uh, we took the line. At 285 yards, we jumped this buck. We jumped him. We got within 15 feet of him, and we jumped him. Found the wound bed. I went back to the hunter. I told him we're going to rerun it to that so, so I could show him where the wound bed was. And we left. I couldn't make it back out there in the morning. Now, everything, the arrow, the blood on the ground, pointed to a double lung hit. And I and I absolutely 100% believed him. You know, then I seen it with my own eyes. He found that buck the next morning at an additional 200 yards. That buck traveled 485 yards without the bottom of both lungs. And I think what happened there, the buck wasn't, he wasn't drowning. Everything was just leaking out of him. There was nothing building up in that chest cavity, which allowed him to survive longer. Prior to the shot, he was chasing a doe. So his testosterone and everything was at max. It almost turned into a real scary situation for, for me and Dexter. We got really close to that animal and he jumped up. So anything in the chest cavity and up, if you don't see him drop or flop, we're really asking people to give it some time. You know, there, there's no more one hour, get down and go after it. Uh, you got to give the animal time because what you got to remember is dead is dead. Dead's not going anywhere. If it's wounded and you happen to step up on it, guess what? It's going somewhere. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're out of the chest cavity and say liver, the minimum that you'll see for liver shots are six hours. At this point with what I'm doing, I'm not running them to at least eight, to at least eight hours, eight to 12 hours for, for liver hits. Again, once you start getting closer to the rut, these animals are different creatures and, uh, their their will to survive, their will to survive is just ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Anything in the guts, if you have gut material on there, you're looking at 12 plus, 12 to 24. Uh, and from there, if you're getting intestinal, like I like we ran this morning, the intestinal hit that we ran this morning, them deer could honestly survive for a couple of days. Uh, 
have I seen them survive only was that one last year? I think we tracked it at 17 hours and she wasn't stiff yet. So she had probably just perished. Uh, it was a straight intestinal hit. I think we probably got lucky on her. I, I think me delaying the track a couple hours because the guy really wanted me there at like 12, 12 hour mark. And I nonchalantly moved his way, just trying to buy us a little bit more time. And it worked out. Now, what are you looking like? What are some of the questions when you get a phone call? How does that conversation start and go? Like, what are you looking for or trying to figure out? And how do you decide whether this is worth your time or not? Right. Well, the first thing I do is try to calm the individual down. Because uh, a lot of these guys will call you. And it's nice when they call you right at the beginning, right after they take the shot. I really enjoy being that first phone call because it gets me into it, you know, now, but when they call, you know, they're super excited, just super excited. You know, you know, the, the feeling, you know, you're, you're at the highest point. Hey, I just hit this buck, you know, he ran off. What do you think I should do? You know, that's, that's usually what you get. I start out very low and mellow and I try to bring them down because one one thing I'm doing is buying time. I'm keeping them put in their tree stand. So there's no rush here. Now I can control that. Okay. The questions we ask, what we want to usually know is obviously how far the animal was. If you're elevated or not. How did the animal react? Did it run off? Did it walk off? What did it sound like? Was it a crack? Was it a thud? Was it a pop? We basically ask all these questions, trying to paint a picture on what just occurred. Okay. Now, I'm sure you've never had anybody exaggerate any of those details were correct. Well, guys are starting to be a little smarter. They're starting to know how to answer certain questions to get us there and it's unfortunate we really want honesty you know I, I mean i guess my question to that is like what is the point of not giving the information and just to get you there like i, I just i guess i don't understand why people would do that i mean your job as a hunter is you know, to try to make an ethical kill. And, and that doesn't always happen, but your job is to give it absolutely everything you can to recover that animal. So why right. would I call for your help and not tell you what actually happened? And some of them get mad at you. You know, a lot of times through talking to the individual, I can pretty much almost tell you if that's going to be a lethal hit or not. High shoulders, high shoulders are horrible. Single lung hits. They may die, but it's not going to be anytime soon. It could possibly be miles down the road. You know, will I run them in certain circumstances? Yeah. If I'm not doing anything, if maybe something sounds a little bit better, you know, maybe the the blood loss that's occurring 
you know, maybe the angle of the hit, maybe it got down into something else. But it's, they get mad at you. And I would honestly, like, there's a guy out there that will take that track. But guess what he's also taken? Your money. He's taking your money. I could show up and take your money too, but I would rather discuss that on the phone, you know, and me not show up because the phone call is free. You know, I'm not charging anything for my time on the phone call. And, uh, I mean, I talk to multiple people a day this time of year. Sometimes, I mean, it, it's overwhelming at times. You know, there was times last year I'd come out to my vehicle after working eight hours and I'd have 25 missed calls, you know, from guys looking for trackers. Uh, we want honesty, you know, because if, if the deer's not going to die, why come look for it? You know, why waste a valuable asset? You know, you're, now you're potentially pulling the dog off onto your deer and it's not going to be able to go help somebody else that maybe does have a lethal hit, you know, does have that gut hit, you know, that the deer's going to die. Your leg hit, it's going to be sore. He's going to be a little upset for a few days, but guess what? That animal's going to be okay. Yeah, next you know, week, and you're never going to find him. Next week, you're going to have him on trail camera. Right, and that's happened. Yeah, you know, I tracked a few live ones last year that were verified on camera, and that that's actually awesome for us uh, to get that confirmation of life. You know, it makes you feel better as a tracker because there's times on these tracks where you're pulling your head out, like, did I leave a dead one? Did I leave a dead one behind? And it happens. There's not a, there's not a guy out there that does this that has never left a dead one behind. You know, things happen, man. It, it, it stinks. It sucks. It sucks for everybody involved. I mean, weather has a big part of that. You know, I mean, you get a downpour after you take a shot or, you you know, you wait in your time and the weather changes on you. The dog's going to have a hard time. Uh, I actually like rain, and most <laughs> trackers do. As long as it's not of a, a biblical proportion. Right. You know, to where it's multiple inches over a couple hours. And rain helps. Rain and moisture help hold the scent. Uh, our dogs, and I know Dexter, Sometimes in the morning, I, I could literally run a 24-hour track. Say, say you did a hit this morning, and I couldn't get to you till tomorrow morning. And I get there, and there was a nice dew put down. All right, maybe it drizzled a little bit overnight. Dexter's going to run that track like it just happened. It's insane because of that moisture content. Basically, reactivates the line mm -hmm. and, and it helps hold the scent down the worst tracking conditions is what we're having this week the blue bird days the, the the clear blue skies the high pressure a little bit of wind everything dries up it's going to be really really tough tracking conditions over this next week for everyone so you prefer trying to track them like first thing in the morning or right after dark, when yeah. everything starts to. Absolutely. I mean, I love doing the morning tracks because you're really not pressed for time. Uh, 
midday tracks are all right, depending on the weather. You know, once it gets to high noon or something like that, like on a day like today, when we were finishing up that track that I did this morning, it was brutal out there. You know, it was approaching 70 degrees. It starts beating up your dog, starts beating you up. Uh, you have to be very mindful of your dog when you're running them in these conditions because you will kill it. You will kill your dog from the heat exposure. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's where you come in as a handler on keeping your, your, your dog safe. You know, you have to recognize that as a handler, you know, because you're a team out there, you know, and he's going to work. He, he's going to work until he's dead. Yep. If I allow it. Uh, his drive is insane. Uh, that's when it's up to the handler to say, all right, this is enough. You know, we have to stop. And it's basically the situation that transpired this morning, along with a bunch of other stuff that occurred throughout the night. The coyotes bumped it off its first bed. And uh, we still kept the line. But eventually it just, I, we missed a turn at some point towards the end there, but we were already seven tenths of a mile, eight tenths of a mile in on this track. And those coyotes turned a 450 yard track into something that could, that we would still be looking for right now if I would have continued it. They literally could have pushed that deer another mile and a half from that spot. So, unfortunately, I had to call it, you know, and it sucks. That hurts because that's a dead deer. Circumstances out of our control. Right. You know, changed, changed the outlook, you know. Yeah, the coyotes, you know, I'm, I'm sure people understand that they're a big factor in wounded deer, too. I mean, that. You know, that can make or break a track. People use them also as an excuse, though, too, as to why they're tracking too soon. Nah, I mean, hey, if you're, you know, most most of these guys are shooting, you know, the rack. You know what I mean? So right. if you get there and he's nibbled on a little bit by the coyotes, it is what it is. Yeah. You know, there's, there's no reason to pressure. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah, because here's the thing. Do you want to find it or not? Right. You know, if, if you go ahead, you hit liver, guts, you know, say you hit quartering left, right side of the deer, liver, guts, gut, liver. You have rain coming in. You have potential coyotes eating it, and you start tracking. Now you definitely ain't going to find that deer. Mm -hmm. Two hours in, you push a liver hit two hours in to where he's not struggling or hurting, he's gone. Yep. And then you're going to keep going because you're going to see some blood. And then you're going to bump him again. And then you're going to bump him again. And again, until you swallow your pride and ego and stop, you're just going to continue bumping this animal that's trying to lay down and die for you. Yeah, but they're seriously trying to lay down to die for you. Yeah, they're laying down to put pressure on the wound and stuff like that. Blah blah blah, but they're trying to die. 
and yep. you're not letting it happen. Uh, the impending storm excuse coming in, oh, there's rain coming, I got to track. No, you don't. Not with the dogs. Not with the dogs. Like I said, unless it's like biblical proportions and we should be out there building some arcs, you'll be fine. You will be fine. Uh, well, when was that? A week ago? Two weeks ago? Dexter ran a track in the middle of uh, Hurricane Ophelia down by Frederick, Maryland. Yeah, that's, south of Frederick, Maryland. You were telling me about that one. Uh, it was a gut hit. The guy recognized it. They left. It was a little boy's first buck. Heck yeah, I'm going. I don't have nothing on my plate. I drove two and a half hours to track this little boy's buck. It rained ridiculously. I don't know what the exact amount was over that 14, 15 hour period, you know, for me to get there, but I know it was probably pushing an inch of rainfall. Dexter ran that track like it just happened. I drove two and a half hours to probably do a 10 minute track. The deer was piled up less than 10, you know, less than 10 minutes. It might've been closer to five, but the deer was piled up at 170 yards. Dead. Now, if they bobble around in there that night looking for it, we're not finding it that quick. Right. And you're potentially losing your child's first trophy buck. Yep. You know, your his first buck. And it was such an awesome experience to be part of. And that's, for me, it's not always about finding the deer. It's the connections I'm making with these people and the hunters that we're serving. Uh, I've met a lot of great people over the last two years, man. Uh, friendships that will probably now last for the rest of my life. You know, I'm no spring chicken. You know, I'm not old yet, but I'm no spring chicken. Uh, the networking and just you guys. I would have never met you without this. Right. It's all because of Dexter. It's not me. This has nothing to do with me. You know, I'm just some fool that holds on to the leash, you know, and he likes dragging me around. <laughs> I'm nothing special, man. You know, I just trying out, trying to be out there to help people that need it. You know? Well, I'll tell you this, buddy, that does make you somebody special because not, we talked about it earlier. You're doing positive things, trying to help people. That makes you somebody special to me because not everybody would do that. Exactly. You're, you're the true definition of the word sportsman. To me, that's the definition of sportsman, you know? And that's what this we, state needs more of. We're out there risking ourselves on every one of these tracks. You know, anything can happen out there. You know. Now I uh, seen. If you look at my Facebook page from yesterday, I was going to say you put a got split open. <laughs> you put a video up of Dexter coming up on that buck. Oh, yeah, that was still alive. alive. It was a liver hit. It was a liver hit. Again, that was honestly kind of my fault because it was a neighbor friend of mine. And we were kind of pushed for time. And I figured he would be dead because of the blood that he was showing. And I said, well, let's run it. Well, I ran it just a little bit too early. Probably about 10 minutes too early, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we come up on it. And uh, it was still alive. That was our first experience with being, being a... Wounded buck. It was really awesome. Yeah, I he, loved that, the way Dexter reacted. 
there's going to be a YouTube short on that posted tonight on Blood Tracking Dogs LLC YouTube channel. That buck did not seem very happy when Dexter come around that. <laughs> no, no. Because I seen the deer laying there, and I'm like, oh, this is cool. He, he, you know, this is pretty neat. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> I seen legs flailing, and I'm like, wait a second, this thing, this thing isn't done. <laughs> right. I was hey, like, what? Yeah. I figured you weren't putting a video up like that with something happening, you know, to the dog. So I'm like, it it all has to end well here. So, right. But if you watch that video, watch the recall on Dexter. I pull him back to me. Yeah. By saying, come here. That's it. I don't yank on the leash. I don't hit the e-caller. I say, here. And when he comes back to me, I say, down. And where is he? He's in the heel position. Yep. On my left side, in a down, looking at me, looking at the deer. Yep. Waiting for the next command. And the next command was just sit here. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to watch yeah. this thing. Yeah, let's just and, let him do what he's going to do. Yeah. And honestly, the video doesn't show it, but the buck, I think getting him back up and creating that anxiety in that deer, getting that heart pumping again, I think that helped that deer long to yeah. expire because, uh, he took a couple steps down the hill and flopped and he never got back up from that point. We didn't have to uh, have the hunter dispatch him now. So yeah, it was a good find. Have you used him on anything other than whitetails? Uh, not yet. I want to do some bear and, uh, last year he was too young. He was nine months old. Bear are a different animal. You're now tracking a predator. Yeah. You're not tracking a prey animal. Right. And I didn't want to get into a bad situation. I was hoping some of my buddies that are bear hunters would have got one down so we could run it on like a, so I could run Dexter on a known dead bear, you know, just for him to absorb the smells and the different animal. But it never happened because none of my buddies got any bear last year. Uh, the word is definitely out this year for us, and uh, I'm going to run them. I talked with Andy Bensing, which is like the godfather of Pennsylvania tracking. He's him, and along with a few others, Susan Edwards. Uh, they are the ones that really pushed the game commission and the state legislators to get tracking approved for Pennsylvania. That. It's kind of new. It only started in 2018. But I spoke with Andy Bensing last Sunday because he was always a lap guy, you know, when he first started tracking. I just asked him, you know, if he thinks Dexter would be all right on. He's like, well, I don't know your dog, but is he timid at all? I said, heck no. So he's not timid. He goes, run him. He said, he'll be fine. <laughs> so I guess we're going to just go live with the bear. You know, I'm still going to obviously take precautions, right? You know, and not do anything stupid. Definitely won't be any night tracks. I don't like tracking at night anyway. I will this week though, because of the temperatures after work. Maybe I'll take one locally. I'm not going to drive far. You know, they'll have to be pretty much close. You know, well, you ain't got to worry about us calling because I am not sitting up in a tree stand at 90 degrees. That <laughs> it's it hot, ain't freaking happening. Hunt water and go for a swim. Yeah, fat fat guys don't sit in trees in 90-degree weather. It'll be like hunting the Serengeti. Uh-huh. And I have no <laughs> desire to hunt anything in Africa, so I definitely <laughs> right. won't be doing it. 
All right. Yeah. What I try to do is just, I'm trying to get the awareness out and all this and what we do, what to expect. You know, you're going to get questions, you know, and uh, hopefully, you know, we can, a tracker can help. Yeah, we're definitely going to do a couple more of these because there's so much more we can touch on and oh, yeah. get made out yeah, there. Plus you know, this being my first one, you know, I might be able to clean them up a little bit better as time goes on. Yeah. Like I said, <laughs> if, if you're looking for perfection, you got on the wrong podcast with us because I mean, I'm, I'm surprised we've stayed on the whole tracking thing here so far, you know, because yeah. I'm sure in my mind, I'm thinking, well, how can I use him to track down some human beings that, you know, need tracking down? We can, well, that's too. <laughs> Honestly, I'm probably, I didn't really want to mess with it too much, but tracking lost pets is a thing. Yeah. That might be Never in our future. It's something that I've kicked around. There's dogs out there that do it. And I think Dexter could definitely be one of them. Uh, earlier this spring in March, I helped a couple down in Laurel Mountain try to locate their Highlander calf, their Highlander calves. They had two Highlander calf bulls that got out on day two of them being home. And uh, we were on them. Dexter took up the line. It was verified by tracks. And, uh, but we got to a point to where it was just like, okay, they got to be in here somewhere. They left the the lady that I was tracking for. She was very stressed out. Those bulls are a lot of money. Yeah. I don't know particularly what they paid for, but I did look it up online, and you could pay anywhere from three grand to ten grand a piece. Yeah. Uh, as I got back to the truck, because I walked back, I, I take all of this in. Uh, they offered a ride, but I said, no, nah, I'll walk up. And it's raining, and it's pouring, it's thunderstorming. Just me and my dog out doing our thing, you know. And uh, I got up to the truck, and I swear to you that I heard a moo. And I kind of looked at Dexter, and he looked at me. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know. And I mentioned it to the lady the next day because they had found them. They were found within a half mile where we were. There's nothing on the Laurel Mountain that sounds like a moo. Right, right. I'm pretty sure we got really dang close to them. You know, I don't know how they would have reacted though if they would have seen Dexter barreling down on them. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Maybe it's better that we didn't run up on them. You know, well, I, we I can see in Matt's area. wheels are turning over here because he's, I know he's got something to tell you. Oh, yeah. I mean, hell, I never even thought about that. <laughs> I, my buddy and I, well, my buddy's farm, one of his bulls got out. Hell, we could have used Dexter to push that bull out of that corn instead of me walking through there for five hours. <laughs> right. Or or there's a couple people around here with some cattle dogs, you know, Australian shepherds, you know, actual herding dogs. Uh, there's people out there, you know. See, here's my thing. You're you're looking for beef. That's when you put the odd six on. There's no tracking. Well, when right. you, you can't make get a visual, of- you make visual contact. You drop him right where he's at, buddy. Visual contact <laughs> is next to impossible in eight foot tall corn. You drive them, dude. The cows are just like white cows. You can drive them out the <laughs> other end of that. Have six gunners out there. That thing's dead. You butcher him up. I was gonna say, if we come looking for a bull like that, 
I want some steak. Exactly. Exactly. There's a half a cow for the dog. I, I tell you what, it, you think it would be that easy, but that corn Fine. was so high. Yeah. Oh, you could see him a couple of rows over, and he would not move. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we finally got him back on the farm. Corn. It's tough. A lot of guys won't even track in standing corn. It's it's hard. It's rough. And I yeah. think it's because of getting cut up. I you hate know, going through it. Flying through there with the, the stalks and stuff like that. Plus, you know, the farmers don't like it either. But we did a standing corn one last year. It was kind of funny. Dexter was all amped up. It was a known dead buck. Kid thought he heard it drop. I was doing a lot of that last year, you know, my buddies and stuff like that. Hey, I got one. I heard him go down. You want to come run them on it just for training. Because when you're doing this exposure to anything, you know, deer runs a hundred yards and flops. If you're training a dog, get them on it. Right. Get them on it. You know what I mean? Get them on it. That's, that's going to start building that profile in their head. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm finding. I get to chew on the tail. I get the, you know, I get to play with this thing a little bit and chew on, you know, uh, we're running through the cornfield. I actually had my child on my back. He was three years old. He loves it. Uh, <laughs> so he's on my back in the backpack carrier I have. And Dexter's all through this cornfield and he corrected himself on a missed turn. He came back towards me. Now he's nine months old. He come back towards me and hung a left for him, a right for me. We start going. He starts squatting to take a poop mid-track, right? <laughs> he never stopped. <laughs> he kept tracking and pooping as we're going through this corn field. We come out of the corn, go down in the woods about six yards, find the buck. And I tell the guys this. There's three of them there. I work with the one. I said, my dog took a poop in that corn field. They said, how? I said, I don't know. He took a poop. I'm like, he never stopped moving. I said, I know. I said, that was pretty awesome. I said, I was just trying not to step in it. <laughs> but that's that drive. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it, it's insane. It's insane. And, and for you guys, uh, I mean, with the with the busy season, I'll, I'll offer it to you guys, Matt and Rob. You guys aren't that far away from me, right? No, I mean, no, we're in Greensburg. Over the mountain or so, right? Yeah, yeah we're within you guys, 45 you guys minutes. Get one, if you guys get one hit, you know, and, but I want it to be a dead deer. Right. Get a hold of me, you know, see if I'm available. I'll bring Dexter down and run him on it. You know, even if it's just a 100-yard recovery, 150-yard recovery, just for you guys to experience it. Yeah, okay. that would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't have to be anything – you know, special doe, buck, you know, whatever. I'll, uh, neighbor's cow. If I'm available, <laughs> I'll, I'll bring Dexter down to run it. <laughs> uh, those tracks like that, those are the ones I want to get my little boy on with me still. I can right. still put him in that backpack. This is the, definitely the last year he's exceeding the limits. Oh, yeah. Of not only my back, but the pack itself. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, uh, they grow up quick, loves, man. Yeah. He, he loves being out there and, uh, and doing this with me. He wants his own tracking dog already. There you go. Now I've, I've waited the whole hour here and, and it's been a fun podcast, but I do have to probably bring up a, a question that's not so fun. And that is fees or what do you charge or, or what are you looking for? Because you can't be doing this for free. No, we can't. And it's, 
it's it's an open market, so obviously I can't speak for everybody because everybody charges their own rates. I'll just talk about me and what I charge. I make it reasonable because I want to track deer. I want to find deer. I don't want to be only out there tracking the trophy bucks that, you know, I don't want to be out there tracking just big bucks exclusively. You know, I, I want to find that, that kid's first buck spike, you know, four point, just as much as I find that guy's 140, 150 buck of a lifetime. I want to find that dough, you know, so I'm going to adjust my prices accordingly to that. Now, I'm not going to drive halfway across the state to track somebody's dough and give them a very reasonable price because that's a lot of time in the truck. Right. I pretty much hold that locally, you know, within 25, 30 miles. Uh, actually, I put out there this year that, that kids and, and women hunters are are basically by tip only. Right. You know, what I charge locally, I start out a little over a hundred dollars and that's it flat rate now we can't charge on state game lands the game commission threw that in there that they don't want anybody making money on state game lands yeah i i i tried that with the i was gonna had to apply for the coyote guide license on state right. game lands if i was gonna make any money on it and I told However, them, I, said, I, I just like taking guys out to shoot these things, so I ain't charging right. the damn thing to do it. Right. Yes. However, there's nothing saying that I have to show up on game lands either. Exactly. So if there's not a a donation that's decided upon before we get there, well. Right. Sorry. Right. You know, right. it sucks. But. Yeah, I, I keep everything reasonable. Uh, if you guys, I don't know. Like I, said, I can't speak for everybody, but I just want to find deer. And if I'm available and I'm bored, I'm coming. You know what I mean? We'll work something out. Right. Yeah. Uh, but my, my base rate is under is under $200, you know, to come out. It's, it's, a, it's a one-time fee. And... Uh, you know, there's no finder's fee on mine. I don't do that. We've discussed doing that within our group out of Maryland, but we just, we're still kicking it around, you know, because some of these guys out there are charging a lot. <laughs> uh, that's not going to be me. You know, I'm, I'm going to be the, the blue collar tracker. Right. You know, uh, times are tough for all of us, you know, and, uh, I'm not going to take advantage of somebody in a situation where they need me. Right. Yeah. And uh, good enough answer for that. I, that works fine for me. Oh, it's that time of the podcast. What a way to end it. It was, that was perfect. Perfect timing. So how can people check out Dexter? I know you got a YouTube and that if you want to give out all your social media. Well, yeah, uh, definitely on our Facebook page at Dexter, the deer dog. Uh, I also do some Instagram stuff. Uh, I make some reels. I'm not really good at it. 
but I try. And uh, and through Blood Tracking Dogs LLC, that's the group out of Maryland that we're part of. And uh, that's about it. And then my phone number eight one four five two five four five four zero. I'm always talking to people, even if people want to get into uh, possibly running a dog or training a dog. I, I I talk to people all the time about stuff like that. I just, I just love every part of this, you know, and that's, I'm just trying to, to help where I can. Well, Mike, I appreciate you coming on here and hanging out with us for an hour and you know, giving us all this information. We will definitely do a couple more of these because like I said, we just didn't even come close to touching I mean, we gave yeah. people the gist of it, what they should do, what they shouldn't do, you know, how to get a hold of you. And, uh, you know, w- once all that's done, you better have a handful of biscuits in your pocket to give this dog right. to for busting his ass oh, to find yeah. a deer. So. Oh, yeah. He, don't worry. He gets a lot of love. And, <laughs> and here's the thing, too. Obviously, I'm not covering all over the state. So those apps that were mentioned earlier, you know, to find a tracker and then the UBT website, you know, unitedbloodtrackers.org. Yeah, that one right there is the one that's going to be like the good one for everybody because it's like Matt said, you just punch in your zip code and it's right there. You know, right, and it's nationwide. Yeah, you know, so So, doesn't matter where you're at. Because I know when I make my trip out to Montana here in a couple years to hunt the Milk River, I'm not going to be calling Dexter to drive out to Montana. If I mean, I'll come with you. You know, you got the all expense paid. Yeah, I'd be more than happy to tag along with y'all. <laughs> yeah, we're, so I think that's about it for us. And uh, we will hook up and get another one of these done. I guess yeah, I think Matt- after season, maybe like a postseason yeah. recap. Because yeah. I'm already building lots of stories. And it's only yeah. the first weekend of general season. So. Yep. Yeah. So we uh, – a wild ride. If you want to hang out for a minute or two, we got to – Run to our sponsor list, or yep. we can end it now, or whatever you want to do. It's up to you. Okay. I'll hang out. All right, man. Here we go. Crick Archery. Find your passion and hunt it down. Hey, archery season's already on, Matt. I mean, you know, if you, if you didn't get down there to get some broadheads, some arrows... Bow work is going to be kind of tough right now. You know, mostly everybody's using their bow, but you could break a string. I mean, you know, Chris got all that stuff down there. Give him guys a holler down there at Crick Archery. Find your passion and hunt it down. In Hillview Motors, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. New, used, certified, pre-owned. If you need a new vehicle, that's the place to go. Stop in and see all the fantastic sales team there. They'll get you that vehicle that you've been looking for. If you need to have service done, head back to the service department. They can get you back on the road, oil change, brakes, you name it, they'll get it fixed for you. If you've hit one of these unfortunate critters or anything else and need some body work done, head back to the Collision Center. Certified to work on all makes and models. They'll get your vehicle back on the road and the detail shop will make sure that it's looking good. Hillview's your one-stop shop for all things automobile. Check them out at hillviewmotors.com and remember, Hillview has it. Duke Traps, www.duketraps.com. Holler at Bill Duke and them guys, they'll fix you up. Some of the best trapping equipment you can get a hold of. They got body grip traps, they got live traps, they got leg hold traps, they got conibear traps. 
Give them guys a call. If you're into picking pecans, Bill got all the equipment you need to pick pecans. Down there in Mississippi, I guess they grow them crazy-looking trees that drop them nuts all over the place. But give Bill and them guys a holler down there, www.duketraps.com. And we just talked with this fellow last week. Dear P. Dave. Dear P. Dave. Apparition Sense. While we're doing this podcast, I'm writing down our list that we need. 100% lethal, right? 100% lethal. Get all your stuff. Get out there. The Phantom Hunter. Again, it works. Haley and I had a deer walk in between the ladder and the tree. Never knew we were there. I I told you. it's I mean, I'm a trapper. And that is like my number one thing is the Phantom Hunter. I use it constantly, even on the trap line. You know, spray my hands with it, spray my boots, spray my clothes. Hell, there's been times I didn't boil traps. I just dipped them in Phantom Hunter and used them two days later and caught coyotes in them. So, you know, give Dave a holler, apparitionscent.com. He's on Facebook. Look him up, dear, dear Lord Dave. Don't look up Dear P. Dave. You might get something you don't want to look at, but give him a holler. He'll take care of you. 100% lethal operation sent. Well, it'll be coming up here before we know it, but the annual outdoor expo out at Westmoreland Fairgrounds, that would be hosted by Chico Outdoors. Matt Christ's, in honor of Matt Christ's brother, Andrew Chico Christ, their goal as a nonprofit organization is to get kids involved in hunting, fishing, trapping, and outdoor recreational activities. Get them off at video games. It is a fantastic event. This event gets bigger and bigger every year. More stuff, more things for the kids. Find out. They give back to the communities, getting all this back into local gun clubs, traps, everything. Uh, Check them out on Chico Outdoors, Facebook, and Instagram. Well, buddy, this week coming up, we got some really good weather, and guess what that means? More ride? Yep, I'm riding the Harley every day this week to work. I'm riding mine home when we're done here. <laughs> hey, Z&M, Harley-Davidson, they got some kind of crazy plan going on up there where you can basically lease a Harley-Davidson. Flex is, financing, one of 25 dealers nationwide to have that. Which is the craziest thing I ever heard in my life, you know? Because I've seen so many people ride a Harley-Davidson, they should not be leasing them. Yeah. Hey, they give you many options. If you don't like that option, they'll get you into something that works for you to get you back out on two wheels. Yeah. Or if you need to service it, head back to the department. Big stuff, they can take care of it during the week. If you just need something small, check out the express lane on Saturday mornings. You just want a new vehicle, new bike. ZNMHarleyDavidson.com. Check out the inventory they got up there. New, used. They got it all. Stop in there. And they even got them crazy looking Vanderhalls. Vanderhall things. Yep. So no. stop in and see them guys up there. They'll fix you up with a, a new Harley. We got another PA company here. Get you some good trail cameras from Bow Creek Outdoors. Sir, Matt. Matt is a veteran, owns his company right here in Pennsylvania. A great guy, great cameras quality i mean we use a lot of trail cameras and for the last two years that they've been on board with us these are the only cameras we're using you know and we run them 365 days a year now with the new solar panels that he has i got a camera up there i haven't looked at that camera in i don't know a month i haven't went up there to check it 
but we know it's still there because the pictures, if you have the cellular camera, works on Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile, so you're not locked into one carrier. With that solar panel, you don't ever have to look to it. Sends the images right to your phone on the Scout Tech app. Yep. Fantastic cameras, great company. If you're in the market, check them out. We can offer you a little discount. I still believe our code's active. Yeah, our code's still good. TKE20, head over to Bow Creek Outdoors. It's only good on cameras. You can't try to buy a hoodie or, you know, something like that. It's good on cameras. They got that. They got a new camera out too, wide angle. I believe it was like a hundred bucks for that camera. So, you know, check it out. Bow Creek Products Outdoors. Bow Creek Outdoor Products. And then we got Roy and them fellas over there. Roy, the old deer farmer. He makes us grow these good food plots that we've been hunting over over on our property you know you need any food plot stuff check these guys out back 40 seed company right here in pennsylvania excellent stuff it tastes good yep (laughs) you've had the clover the deer have been munching on it we've got some of their cover so we can sneak in and out of the stands yeah that hideaway stuff is absolutely insane yesterday morning i had i don't know 35 40 turkeys come and never seen the deer or the turkey come out of the woods into the food plot. You know, and the first day I hunted it, we had does come into it. I never seen them because they come through that stuff. It's unbelievable the walls this stuff puts up. So, good stuff, man. Well, we might not have put anything on the ground this opening weekend, so we'll have to wait another couple of days or so until we get something out and we can use one of our new knives from the Weeby Knife Company. Weeby Knives. They're wicked shop. <laughs> there it is, the Boston accent again. Uh, yeah, I mean, I started using these probably 10 years ago as a as a trapper. And now they just, the knives that they come out with are unbelievable. We both got the Tala that we carry, you know, in our backpack. You carry a Monarch in your pocket. I carry a uh, Red Fox on me, so, you know. Excellent uh, knives. They're surgical blades. I mean, I wouldn't be afraid to operate with one of these things. Nope. Nothing better than if your blade goes dull, just change it out, put a new one in. Yep. Check them out at WeebyKnives.com for all things. Find them on Facebook. They do have giveaways going on. Yeah. Just know if they reach out to you and ask for any of your credit card information, it is a scam. Yeah. They will never do that unless it is on the website when you are placing an order. Right. So check out their Facebook because they do a ton of giveaways. If you want to get some new knives, that's the place to go. And our buddy, the Outdoor Call Radio app, nationwide, 365 days a year, hunting, fishing, cooking, Bigfoot, paranormal, all kinds of good stuff. Mr. Dan Young created this, what, this will be two years now? At least. We're, We're on there every Wednesday. We run a loop. We're on there with George Lynch. We're on there with the guys from Warden Watch. And then Dan does two live shows on Wednesday, the afternoon drive. And then the, I don't know what the paranormal one is, but he, they're looking for Bigfoot and Ghost and all kinds of other crazy stuff. But uh, 365 days, you know, it's good. For, you can get this app on Android, iPhones. They do tons of giveaways on there, too. Dan is actually, for next year, there's going to be a whitetail hunt. Uh, some Itasca boots, some 
sock companies doing a giveaway. I forget what the name of the socks are, but Dan does a ton of giveaways on there. And you can also catch Dan on TV every now and then on Respect the Game TV. So, you know, follow follow along Dan Young and then check out the Outdoor Call Radio app. And we appreciate everybody listening, you know, and Matt, tell them where they can find us. Facebook, Instagram, www.thekeystoneexperience.com. All of our episodes are live on there, all major podcast platforms. And then check out the YouTube channel. Got some great hunts on there. Hoping to put out some more here, here in the next couple of weeks. So, Rob, take us out of here. Let's wrap this one up. Hey, remember, shoot straight and keep the dirty side down.